Good morning. Happy feast day to everyone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This past summer, a classmate of mine for seven years in seminary was assigned to be the new chaplain at LSU. So I've been making the drive down to Baton Rouge most Mondays, since that's my day off. And because there really isn't a lot of things to do in Natchez, and there aren't a lot of us young priests around, so it's been good for me to be able to go and meet up with him every week and to hang out. Well, this past Monday, I made it down to Christ the King at LSU in time for the 6 p.m. evening Mass. And we had a crowd of about 300 students. If I had 300 students coming to Mass on a Monday evening by their own choice, I would retire early. Um, but my friend gave an absolutely incredible homily, and I wanted to take my phone out and record it. As soon as Mass was over, I went and made some notes so I could remember. So I'm going to give him credit for a lot of what I want to share with you this morning. Most of you have probably smelled natural gas before. You may not realize that natural gas actually doesn't have a smell, but chemists will add other chemicals to the gas to make it smell horrible, like rotten eggs. And they do that so that if there's a gas leak, you'll realize it and not blow up your house. A gas leak is incredibly dangerous because if the gas fills the room up, one spark, say from static electricity, and everything's over. But a little gas isn't as dangerous, it isn't good, but you can open a window for a few minutes and everything will be fine. Imagine for a moment if every time we sinned, we just got this horrible smell, or we started to feel sick, or we broke out into a rash. The symptom would alert us to the fact that what we're doing is wrong, and we need to fix it before it gets out of hand. Because eventually, if we just keep sinning and sinning and sinning until we stop noticing it, then our lives are going to get out of hand, and there are repercussions, the worst of which could be the death of our soul. But we do have something like that. All of us have a conscience. All of us have a voice inside us when we're about to do something wrong that tells us that our parents won't like this. Or we get that sort of twisted feeling in our gut when we know that we shouldn't be doing something or that we're about to do something anyway. When I lived in New Orleans, the New Orleans Police Department started putting all these cameras up on the red lights so that if you ran a red light, it would take a video of you and you would get a ticket. But you know, at your point in life, and for me when I was in college, your car isn't in your name, so they don't mail the ticket to you, they mail it to your parents with a link to the video so your parents can watch you run the red light. Now, can you imagine what would happen if we had cameras like that in our bedrooms, or in our cars, or out at Lake St. John, that took a video of us every time we sinned and then emailed it to your grandmother? What would happen? We would stop sinning. That's what would happen. We'd be so embarrassed that we'd eventually be nervous to be caught again. And that initial fear would, over time, teach us to avoid sin until we get to a point where we're not interested in it anymore. Now, we don't have cameras like that, thank God, but we have something better. We 
can surround ourselves with people who genuinely care about us, our family, good friends, and those people are going to notice when we're making poor decisions. And they're going to tell us. Better yet, they're not going to condemn us or judge us. They're going to tell us, hey, I love you, and what you're doing is wrong. Think for a moment about the people you surround yourself with. What do those friends of yours tell you? When you say, I don't know, my parents would get mad at me, what do they say back? Do they say, who cares? Do all your friends want to do with you is get drunk, go to parties, do drugs, ignore your parents, cheat in classes? If the people you surround yourself with are like that, they are not your friends. They aren't looking for friendship. They're looking for someone to validate their own poor decisions, who will make poor decisions with them, so that when they get that twisted feeling in their gut, they can try to ignore it. Today we're celebrating the feast day of our patroness, Our Lady of Sorrows. And in the Gospel, we witness this moment when Christ is about to die, and at his feet, there are these three people. Bent over crying, we see our Blessed Mother. We see Mary Magdalene. We find St. John, who's trying to be the strong one. Mary is witnessing the horrific death of her own son. What we don't see is all of the other disciples. Those men had not yet reached the level of maturity that real friendship demanded. And here's the moral. We're back in school now. Summer's over. And as amazing as it may sound, it's going to start getting cool. No matter how much any of us may want it, summer doesn't last forever. Good times don't last forever. There's always going to be trouble. There are always going to be hard moments. And the people who really care about us, they don't leave us when things get bad. They don't leave us when we have to make the right decision, even though no one else in our class is. You're trying to do the right thing, and your peers are bullying you for it. That's rough. It's wrong. It shouldn't be happening. But I know it does. Real friends don't do that to you, period. Real friends don't drag you down into their own mess. They stand with you when things are tough, especially when things are tough. And they aren't afraid to tell you when you're wrong. It isn't easy to be young in today's world. It isn't easy to be a good Christian in today's world. It isn't easy in a place like Natchez, where there is literally nothing to do. Right? I get that. It's hard to make the right decisions here and to stay out of trouble. It isn't easy, especially when all your peers are pressuring you the whole time as well. But if you don't fight it, it's going to keep building and building and building until eventually you don't notice it. That gas will smell terrible at first, but if you ignore it long enough, you're going to stop noticing the smell. But the gas doesn't go away. It just keeps getting worse and worse until eventually there's a spark and then suddenly it's all gone. And I've seen it. I've seen it happen to kids in college. I'm seeing it happen right now. I've seen it happen in marriages. I see it happen to men and women in their 80s. When you don't check yourself, 
when you don't attempt to stop yourself from doing whatever it is that's getting you into trouble, then eventually things are going to be your downfall. We need those sort of people in our lives who are going to help us out. I'm part of a group of priests that hang out together and we vacation together. We have this group chat that just goes nonstop all day long, every day. But when one of us gets into trouble or needs encouragement, we tell each other that. And the rest of us are going to be there for that person. Jesus is modeling that for us today in the gospel. He's looking down at his mother, whom he loves, and his closest friend, St. John, whom he loves, and he knows both of them are suffering. Both of them need support. Woman, he says to his mother, behold your son. And to St. John, son, behold your mother. Christ gives Mary and John the support of one another, and in so doing, he gives us the support of the church. We here at Cathedral are a family. I say that a lot. There are people in this family that are going to try to bring you into their mess. There are people in this family who are going to tell you to ignore your conscience, to ignore me, to ignore your parents, to ignore your teachers, your coaches, to ignore God. But there are people here in this family who want to be with you and help you be the incredible person you were meant to be, to be the saint you were meant to be. There are people here who will not abandon you when you mess up or when you need help. Those people are the people who are worth your time. May Our Lady of Sorrows and St. John intercede for us and reveal those people to us so that we can support one another in love and in mercy. Amen. Praise be Jesus Christ now and forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.